Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ah, good morning, everybody. Football music because it is a football Sunday last regular season game of the year. Along with my pal Jody McDonald, I am Glenn Mack. Now, now let's do the setup here. Jody Mack is warmly ensconced at home. I imagine him sitting by the fireplace, nice cup of coffee in his hand as he plans today's show. I got that about right, Jody? Pajamas? No, fi- no, fl- no fireplace, but sweats and a WIP t-shirt uh, and a large cup of coffee just to my right-hand side. You, you painted a fairly accurate picture. It's, yeah, uh, no, no need for the fireplace. Yeah, I was thinking still the Christmas pajamas, but that's cool. That's good for you. Oh, I got the Christmas tree still up. I'm not far from the Christmas tree itself. But, there you go. Uh, no, no Christmas pajamas. All right, you got the dog there scratching the dog's head. As dog's he already been out. She's been taken care she, of. She's yeah. good to go. She's good. ready for football. All right, I am at the stage. Along with our producers, um, uh, Dave Breitner, Bill Matz, and uh, nobody else from our vantage point. We are the first to arrive at Lincoln Financial Field about six hours and 20 minutes from now. We will have kickoff between the Jalen Hurts-led Eagles and the, we don't know, New York Giants. Now, Jody, let me start you with this. Can I ask you a quick question first? Yeah, sure. Um In one of my uh, return trips to New York, uh, I was working for a radio station that had the Jets rights. And I did the Jets pre-pregame show. Didn't do the pregame show, but I did the pre-pregame show, which is what you're doing right now with me here on 94 WIP for the Philadelphia Eagles. So I, like you, would be at the stadium. Shoot, we used to start at 9 o'clock. I used to have to be there from 9. I was on 9 to noon. Um, And, yeah, it's kind of a different feeling. Because nobody's there. You pull in, it's the stadium, it's cool because it's game day. But then you look around and you have a couple of just stone-cold wild men. They open up the parking lot at 9 o'clock for... Well, here, uh, it's here uh, uh, well, I'm sorry, you finish the story and then I'll say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, feel free, jump in, uh, comparable. But there'd be some people that would just be warming up the grill, but they'd be a couple of hundred yards away from where you were. It was just a unique thing to do because you're 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 seeing it all evolve uh, evolve right in front of you, which you're going to get to do today. Have you not done one of these uh, so far this oh, year? Oh, I've uh, well. So normally I get here, I start uh, three hours ahead because I do the uh, countdown to kickoff for the Eagles. But I have right. this is no, this is I think my second one this year. But I've done a bunch of these over the years. 
Uh, listen, we got lucky today because it's January, and we've done pregames in January, mm-hmm. and people have come to Eagles games in January where it's 10 degrees right. uh, and snowy and all of that. It's a nice 40 degrees today. The sun's out. There's no wind. We certainly got lucky with that. Now, I've done this more than a few times. When I got here, the parking lots today open at 9.30. For, remember, it's a 4.20 game. Right. So the parking lots open at 9.30. I got here, and all the cars were lined up to get in. And I will tell you, there were dozens and dozens of cars waiting to get into the lots. They let me pull in because, you know, I'm working. Uh, so I got to cut the line, much to the consternation. <laughs> I think of one or two people like, who's you, that you, guy? You, you, you get a Who couple of – did you get a couple of your number one salutes with the extended middle finger? Yeah, that, the Eagles are number one. You bet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we're going for the one seed. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Um, but, you know, I had to get in because I had to sit up and do the work. Um, sure. But but people are coming early. Listen, it's, it's a nice day. Uh, it's a terrific day to come out and tailgate. And, yes, but the barbecue grills are going to be set up. You know my favorite people are? Because I've seen this a couple times, like if I have to leave a game early, and I've had to sometimes leave at halftime for something, there are people who will set up in the parking lots and stay there through the game. They don't have a ticket to the game. Right. Um, oh, yeah. They'll have a big screen TV. Sometimes they'll have, you know, the Winnebago or the camper or whatever, and they got these comfy chairs, and they just sit out there and watch the game, drink a beer, smoke some ribs. Not a bad time. The... Um the old Texas Stadium where the Cowboys used to play with the uh, hole in the roof. Yeah. I did several Eagles trips down to Dallas for the showdown between the Eagles and the Cowboys. And they used to have a place, I don't know if you ever made it in uh, in there when you were, if you were down for an Eagle-Cowboy game. Oh, yeah, I've been there. the Corral. Yeah. It was a uh, run by the team within team property. You had to have a um, you had to have a pass to get in there. You didn't have to have a ticket to the game, but you had to have a pass to get into the corral. And yeah, I'd go to the corral before the game started, and I'd come out to the corral after the game is over and done with, and see the same exact people. Yeah. So they did. They never left. They yeah. just stayed in there and watched the game. They just wanted to be near the stadium, right. so that when it when it exploded, when a big play happened, they could be a part of the cheering. Oh, yeah, I've been uh, seeing this for years. I love that. And they pay. I don't know. I mean, it's not cheap. Fifty bucks, whatever, to get in the lot, and then they hang mm-hmm. out with their friends. I think it's great. Actually, if you're one of those people, and right now you're probably sitting in line to uh, to get in, listening to Jody and I, hey, give us a call. We'd love to talk to you and kind of get the psychology of that. I will say this, um, and I think people who come down here know it. There is no more inefficient entity in Philadelphia than the parking services oh. to get you in and out of Eagles games. It is ridiculous. Um there are times when it's like one car at a time, and they have to scan your ticket, and the ticket doesn't scan. And I don't think it's just my ticket. I imagine that happens with everybody, and it moves glacially slow. And it's why when I'm going up to the press box from down here where we do the pregame show, north side of the stadium, Pepsi Plaza, come on by when they let you in. Um, you know, I see these poor people lined up 100 yards deep waiting to get in, missing the opening kickoff. But I, I haven't yeah. done that for an Eagle game in years uh, because yours too is on CBS Sports Radio, and i got to watch the other games. That's part of my job for what I have to do later in the day, so I haven't been live at the stadium for years. Oh, but I got to experience it again over the last couple of months, Philly's playoffs. 
uh, yeah. trying to get in yeah. and out of parking lots and onto uh, varying highways to get out of there thereafter. Oh, it just uh, go ahead and take an hour of your life and know you're going to roll about 400, 500 yards over the course of an hour. Yeah, not the most efficient uh, no. down there in South Florida. No. So if you are uh, waiting to park and they have now uh, they open the lots, so the lots are now open. But if you're particularly if you're one of those people who comes, you don't come into the stadium for the game, but you're in proximity. And as Jody said, you hear the cheering and you like to hang with your friends. I'd love to talk to you. I, this, this is the day I want to do it. All right, Jody. They are playing today. Now, most reports have that the Giants are, by nature of the fact that it doesn't matter in the standings if they win or lose, not going to play their starters, play their scrubbinis, play their third-string quarterback. Uh, I keep calling him Joe Webb, God forbid. Uh, what's his name, Webb? I forget Davis. his name. Davis Webb. Thank you very much. Joe Webb is a nightmare from years ago that I don't want to bring up. Um, however, yesterday – Mike Sealski and I had on Tom Rock, who's the NFL columnist for Newsday. He said his belief was that Daniel Jones is going to start, play maybe a quarter, want to get some work in. Uh, Saquon Barkley may have a couple of carries, not a lot. I would be really surprised if it works that way. I don't, I'm not going to say Tom Rock is wrong. He's got sources better than I do in New York. But can you envision the Giants actually playing their real players today, their starting players today? No. I, uh, you and I have gone back and forth on this over the years so many times. You know I'm a compromised guy. I like to find that middle ground. Uh, when you want to be less than compro- complimentary, you call me a hedge guy. Jody Mack likes to hedge. And I do. That that is that is very true. I think that life You're the is ultimate spent, moderate. Yes, you are. Yes, I am. And life is spent much more in the gray areas of the of the than the black and white extremes that everybody seems to need to get to in twenty twenty three now. This is not one of those positions. That there isn't a middle ground here. Either you believe that you need to protect your players from injury and you are going to take your key handful of guys and tell them, Yeah, you're not even dressing or you say, no, we need to do what Tom Coughlin did years ago. We need to play this out. We have to try and win. They famously played a very competitive game against the Patriots the last game of the season, the year they were undefeated, and then sure enough robbed them of doing that in the Super Bowl. You either go one of those two routes. Either you pull in all the oars off the boat, or you say, we want to try and beat the game. We remember the Eagles just kicked our fannies three weeks ago by more than three touchdowns. We need to get a little redemption here. I don't think there is a middle ground for this one. That would surprise me greatly. Uh, we just got a uh, report. Adam Schefter, thank you, Nick Earnshaw, producer, says Adam Schefter uh, just uh, put up that Davis Webb will be starting for the Giants, which I think uh, kind of confirms what you thought and what yep. makes sense to me. I, I mean, I don't. You know, it's it, there. There's no upside to starting Daniel Jones. There's no. I don't see any basis to do it. So, all right, let us go with that. Let us say the Giants are not going to start Webb, are not going to play Barkley, are not going to play. I don't know, Kayvon Thibodeau. I name name their top ten guys, and they're not going to see the field today. They're going to Leonard Williams on the defensive line. Right, Leonard Williams going to play because right. he's already hurt. Yeah, if he was playing, he'd be trying to play through pain. There's no way they're going to put him no. out there today. Okay, so they're going to play their backups, which I'll later give you the Ross Tucker theory of why that's not as beneficial to you as you think because those guys are really trying to win jobs. But the Eagles need to play Jalen Hurts, I think. 
Uh, they will play Jalen Hurts. We do know that. There are some people, uh, Elliot Shore Parks on our staff says they shouldn't play Jalen. They can win this with the backup. They you don't want to risk Jalen getting hurt. How, how'd that work the last week? Well, time? that's where I was going to go with you. That was the, the, I thought that last week. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I think that uh, if Jalen Hurts can play, Jalen Hurts has to play. They've lost two games in a row. Not only the magnitude of the game, because we know what's at stake, but uh, Jalen right now is coming back off two weeks of inactivity. And this has never happened to him before. When he replaced uh, Carson Wentz two years ago, yeah, he was coming off a link. And guess what? He went out and uh, turned the ball over uh, too many times because he needed to get back into a rhythm. And since he's taken over as a starter, he hasn't missed two games in a row. No, I don't want to go into the playoffs with Jalen Hurts having not played in a month. Uh, even if Gardner Minshew started and found a way to win today, tack on another dead week off because of the bye next week. No way I want to go into the playoffs with Jalen Hurts off that kind of uh, respite. No shot. If Hurts is healthy and he is cleared to play, then he must play in today's game for me. All right. We're on the same side on this as well. By the way, 215-592-9494. would love to hear from you your opinion on this and a lot of the things we we're going to bring up. And as I said, uh, there are hundreds of people lined up right now to get into the uh, parking lots. Uh, you got nothing to do. You're listening to us. Give us a call, 215-592-9494. So, Jody, big picture. Uh, they did not look good in Chicago. Uh, they won the game against a bad Bears team, which ha- actually has the opportunity to be- win the number one overall draft pick today if things go their way. That's how bad the bads- Bears are. Uh, they lost in Dallas, a game where they played pretty well but lost. And then they looked terrible last week. I thought both sides of the ball. I know I know. people said the defense looked fine, gave up 13 points. Didn't look fine in the first half. Right. What is your worry meter on a scale of 1 to 10, um, knowing that Hurts is coming back, uh, but knowing some of the other injuries they have? Not for today, right? We, uh, actually, let me back up a second. Do you have any fear factor for today, given what we just said about Giants, backups, Eagles, regulars? That they will win the game? That they'll, yeah, yeah. Any fear factor that they'll win. Not style points, but just win the game. Right. Um, my fear factor is at about a 1.5. Okay. Uh, All right. Crazy, That's minimal. Anything, any, any given week, blah, blah, sure. blah, blah, blah. But I, I can't come up with a narrative or scenario that they don't win the game. Now, we need more than that. You, you want more than that. You, you want to feel better about where this team is at as per where you thought it was two weeks ago. So I think there's more at stake. But if you're just talking about will they win the game and will they be the number one seed, my worry factor is under two. Right, go to fourteen and three, get the first round by, get the home field advantage. Right, that's it. Okay. Now, what is your worry meter? Kind of big picture um, is what we saw last week, really the last three weeks, a bump in the road, or is it something more? Does it all get fixed today with Jalen Hurts coming back, or is there are there underlying problems here that we uh, need to be concerned about for a team that we all were getting our Super Bowl tickets for? Um, there is, it certainly goes up from the 1.5 of the Eagles winning the game today. It's more than that because without Lane Johnson, this offensive line is just not the same. I know we give it a ton of credit, best offensive line, Statlin University. He is a major part of it. And sorry, Jack Driscoll. Uh, he's a nice guy and the coaching staff just stone cold loves him. 
but he's not Lane Johnson. And we saw a major drop-off in the production on the right-hand side because of it. And Lane is supposed to be back for the playoffs. We believe he's going to be back. We have no idea what level of play he's going to be back at. And I think you have to assume that it's not going to be the usual Hall of Fame potential level that Lane Johnson usually shows. That's my biggest concern, more so than Jalen Hurts, is will Lane Johnson be back? And if Lane Johnson is back, what level is he back at? With as key a guy as he is, uh, my concern level is more like a five. Mm-hmm. Um, middle of the road, I'm, I'm still confident in the Eagles. I think they're winning today, so that home field advantage and the bye week is going to be huge. And I think they have a more talented roster top to bottom than the 49ers, who are the second-best team in my estimation, because I know how good Brock Purdy's been, but Brock Purdy is a rookie, and the Eagles have a quarterback who played to an MVP level this year. Um, I think they're better than the Cowboys. I'm actually rooting for them to get another shot at the Cowboys because I want to see Hurts against uh, Dak Prescott. I, I still like their chances, but I'm not as confident as I was when they were sitting there at thirteen and one. Okay, uh, and and I'm again, I'm looking for something to. Uh, well, not I don't need to disagree with you, but I disagree with nothing you've said so far. The, the Lane Johnson thing was even worse than I expected last week. I think part of that was on the coaches, Shane Steichen and Nick. I thought the game plan made no sense, mm-hmm. um, and they left him him uh, Driscoll out there alone too often. And I don't know why you want Minshew throwing it forty times against the Saints, who have pretty good pass rush. So. I, I thought that hurt, and I think the Lane Johnson thing is worrisome. If he comes back, is he going to be able to play? And how well is he going to be able to play? And for how long is he going to be able to play? And the other one that concerns me is that the secondary overall seems very problematic right now. The good news, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson comes back today. Uh, it be interesting to see how they use him and how much they use him, um, given that he's coming back. But Avante Maddox... Is shown to be a much more valuable player to this team maybe than I thought because since he's gone down, other teams are pretty much throwing at will against the Eagles. I don't know uh, if I, again, am looking at the coaches who um, the defense coordinator, Jonathan Gannon, keeps using this soft zone in under which Dak Prescott went 24 for 24. And last week, what, what did he complete? The first 14 passes the Saints completed? Yep. Andy Dalton completed 14 in a row. And I don't know if Gannon is stubborn or if he doesn't trust Josiah Scott and Reed Blankenship. But either way, that's a, that's a, that's a worrisome thing to me. So I those re- two things concern me. I remember a conversation you and I had again back in the 90s when we were doing a show together every single day. And for the life of me, I can't remember what Philly player it was. But I remember you telling me, Jody, less is more. They don't mm. need this guy every single day. They can't put him in there. If they do, then you're asking too much, and his numbers come down across the board. And I said, come on, Mac, man. Less is less. Don't give me less is more. Less is less. He's a key player. They need to put him in there as often as he did. And you turned out to be exactly right because they did play him more, and the numbers went down. I said, shoot, I should have listened to Mac now. Um, that's, what I have, that's where I have a fear today of uh, BG, Brandon Graham. Because he has had a phenomenal season. Just out of nowhere, coming up, playing as well as he has, double-digit sacks, major contributor with uh, Joshua Sweat out of the lineup. Are they going to up? I think they can up it some, but are you going to go too heavy-handed and put Brandon Graham out there? Because he has been a tremendous example of less is more. He's played less, he's produced more, and with Sweat out of the lineup, 
Uh, how much is the uh, Glenn Macnow confidence meter on uh, the potential replacement they got coming back from IR uh, to step Quinn? in? And Quinn to, to yeah, be a major no. contributor for the Eagles today with uh, Josh Sweat on the sideline. It, it's not, and again, we don't know. We've gotten very little detail on Sweat's injury. It looked certainly scary, and we'll talk about DeMar Hamlin and, and how frightening that was. Uh, you hope Sweat's coming back for the playoffs, too, because he has been a key part of it. And with Robert Quinn, uh, less, much less is more because he's, he's done nothing. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk to the people, see what they have to think. 215-592-9494. Larry in Delaware starts us off. Good morning, Larry. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we got you. Okay. I want to talk about this injury thing. See, a lot of people don't realize. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now with the mlb app you can get baseball your way pick your favorite team your favorite players and get customized highlights stories and breaking news right on your home feed Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Quarterback play is all about timing. And if your mind isn't really where it's supposed to be, like when I'm at work and I'm sore, I'm watching the clock, my mind isn't on what it's supposed to be doing. So you got to take the fact if you're sore, you're tired, you're not sleeping right, so your whole thing is thrown off. And I'll tell you, I haven't had anybody say it, but look at what Kyle Shanahan did. Not Kyle, uh, Mike Shanahan did the RG3. You know, he put him back out there way too soon, and I really think it messed that kid's career off. So well, it may have, it comes, but I, I don't. I I will I mean, tell you this. Factors. 
Well, no, I, I, I hear your point, and I think that what happened in that case really was close to criminal. I have confidence the Eagles would not put out Jalen Hurts before he's ready to go out. Well, exactly, and, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, you're talking about his very tool. The tool in his toolbox is his arm. You know, you can't play that position without the shoulder. You know, I mean, yeah, everybody talked about McNabb playing with the broken ankle. Yeah, well, all he had to do was sit there and use his arm. But you take that arm out, all you are is a glorified running back or a handoff machine. You're not throwing that ball. So I think Reston was right. But then again, he's not a four-year veteran that just off the bench, have his time and totally disrupted. So he does have to play today. He has to get back and sink. Yeah, I think and there's – and, and thanks. I, Jody, you, you agree there's an advantage to him playing today, uh, and I guess you've said it before. The, if he had not played from Chicago and assume they win today through two weeks from now, that's some serious rust. Right. And, oh, by the way, here's the reason why I've been a little surprised and the Eagles might be overly cautious. We had a couple things working in hand here. The Eagles, as per the day that Nick Sirianni was hired, when it became more of a – Howie Roseman, unquestionable control team, have erred on the side of protection. They've been uh, practicing less, giving guys days off, rest instead. Injury report, rest for most of their veteran uh, players. Don't, don't leave out those preseason games. They have put a significant emphasis on we're going to protect our players. So I expected that with Jalen Hurts. He finished the game in Chicago. If he had gotten hurt and gone down and was pulled from the game and taken off with assistance, then I would go, oh, man, he's hurt bad. Uh, I'm hearing all, oh, he's adrenaline. That's why he was able to throw the ball. I don't care why he was. He did, and he looked good doing it, and he needed two full weeks off for that. So I was suggesting that it had a lot to do with the Eagles just being overly cautious, like they have been for two straight years now. I hope that's the case. I hope Jalen Hurts comes out. There are reports out there that those that saw him throw said he threw it very well. Now it's, again, in practice, and the Eagles don't practice real hard. It wasn't any guys coming down on him trying to make him kiss the turf, but his arm did look good, and if that's the case, I expect him to play. I expect him to play until the Eagles get up by a comfortable margin, and I expect him to be able to uh, throw the ball effectively. 215-592-9494. Along with Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack. Now, it is an Eagles Sunday at Lincoln Financial Field. 425 kickoff. Maryland Mike on the call. Coming up, though, Phillies made a move yesterday. Pretty significant one. I want Jody McDonald's baseball expertise on that. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. Sunday morning on 94 WIP. Jordan McDonald, Glenn Mack now. Let's uh, get Dennis in Springfield up here. He wants to talk about the schedule. What are you thinking, Dan? Yeah, I'm glad you guys are going to indulge me. Uh, ha- happy Sunday, by the way. I-, I can't wait for this game. Yeah. Right. But, but it, it, you know, maybe it's my imagination. Maybe it's my homerism. What, what, whatever it is. And I'm, and I'm glad Jody's on because he does have a national perspective. But for the first nine, ten weeks of the season when the Eagles were undefeated, it, it, it never seemed to be failed to mention of what a soft schedule they played, mostly national, sometimes local. And then you look at who Dallas has played since Thanksgiving. The entire AFC South, the Eagles, three straight games with a backup quarterback, and today will be the second straight game with a quarterback making his start for the first time ever. 
yet I never ever hear about how soft their schedule is and how fortunate they are. Instead, it's how well they're doing. Do they have a shot at the Super Bowl? Blah, blah, blah. And, and I, I, I don't get it. I mean, I really don't get why they, things can't be pointed out about them that are pointed out against other teams. Like I said, maybe it's my homerism. Maybe it's, Jody, it's all years, yours. Maybe it's years and years of eating cowboy crap. But it's, it's, it's just been bugging me. It's, what you say is accurate, and what you're saying is fair. Uh, the Eagles' early season schedule wasn't a killer gauntlet that they had to run when they were going undefeated. That was accurate. Did people overemphasize it and make it sound like they were playing a little sister to the poor every week? Yes, which annoyed me too. So you and I are in the same boat there. And to point out that the Cowboys' schedule has gotten uh, soft here on the back end is also accurate. So here's what we do. Game's over and done with today. Eagles are going to win, so they're going to win the division. And then we compare the two schedules, and guess what? They're going to be blatantly similar. Yeah. And the Eagles will have won more games. They will have rightfully won the division. They'll keep the streak going. A different winner in the AFC, NFC East every single year. So all that previous conversation goes right out the window. Get ready for the playoffs. And if Dallas and Philadelphia play again, no full well it's coming to uh, the link. They play essentially the same schedule. Now, I know there were some people early in the year said the Eagles weren't really tested. Uh, I never really bought that. I mean, So here's who they beat during this season, okay? They beat Minnesota, which I think is a bit of a fraud team, but they're going to be one of the top seeds in the NFC. Yeah, but they did beat them 40-3. to you got to give them the props for that game. They didn't 24-7. Beat Minnesota. Who? The oh, you're talking Eagles. I, I thought Yeah, the Eagles beat Minnesota. No, Dallas beat Minnesota, too, but I'm saying they both beat Minnesota. I'm talking about the Eagles when people say the Eagles had an easy schedule. They beat Minnesota. Uh, they beat Jacksonville early in the year. Now, Jacksonville obviously got it together late in the year. Congrats to Dougie P. made those playoffs. Um, they beat the Cowboys early. They beat Green Bay, uh, who has a chance to be a playoff team today. They beat. They crushed the Giants in New York, who are a playoff team and that's it. Those are the playoff teams they beat. Am I leaving anybody out? Uh, no. No. So well, that's... Uh, yeah, uh, potential playoff team, long shot, but Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh oh, could still sneak in. Yeah. But they win today in a couple other games going a specific that's way. That's right. And Detroit, Detroit, Detroit's still alive? They are. If, okay. Uh, but they need Seattle to lose prior to. If Seattle gets beat by the Rams today, not likely, but okay. possible, then Detroit can get in. But if you put Detroit in, then you've got to take Green Bay out. All right, so if we're just sticking in the NFC, we're looking at the teams that are going to make the playoffs in the NFC. They did not play San Francisco. Okay. Uh, they did not play Tampa Bay, but they played and they split with Dallas. They, they beat Green Bay, who may make the playoffs. They beat Minnesota. They beat the Giants. It's, it's, it's not an easy schedule. It's schedule. Right. I mean, it's, that's and the one moderate that, schedule. The, the one thing that played in their favor was the fact that um, they got teams at the right time. Sure. They didn't get the Jags early. They, uh, they didn't get the Jags late. They got right. the Jags early. But there's nothing you can do about that. Right. That's, 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 that's it. The, uh, the way the schedule fell out. Exactly. All right, Jody, before we get back to football and David and South Philly hang in there, I want to play you this. Jody, that thing goes on for about 12 minutes. That, my friend, is Gregory Soto, and somebody put together a compilation of right. all of his strikeouts last year. And yesterday, 
Your Philadelphia Phillies traded for Gregory Soto, uh, and we'll get to the other guy, Kobe Clemens, in a moment, uh, for return of basically kind of the bottom of your bench. Nick Maton, and I don't mean to discredit these guys, but bench guys. Nick Maton, Matt Vierling, and uh, the catcher Danny Sands who came up a little bit yesterday. Um, two-time All-Star is Gregory Soto. Uh, has some real control issues. Th- throws flames out there. As I've always said, I really trust your baseball acumen. What do you think of this trade? I really like the deal. Um, I'll give Matt Veerling a little more credit than you did because he played plenty last year, and he was going to be a factor again this upcoming season with the fact that we know Harper's not going to be able to play the outfield for months. So Veerling was going to be part of the outfield mix if they had not made the deal that they made. Uh, if nothing else is a defensive replacement for Schwarber or Castellanos in left and right because neither one of those guys are good defenders. So they're opening up a bit of a hole in the roster, which is okay because they got the best player in the deal in Soto. You mentioned a two-time All-Star. Part of that is the fact that the Tigers have to have an All-Star and they <laughs> have not a very good team these last couple of years. Yeah. Who's, your, who's your favorite Philly reliever of all time who made the All-Star team a couple of years ago? Guy you couldn't stand. Why oh, the, the, what's his name? The, the the lefty who pitched uh, 30 innings a year. God, right. now I'm forgetting his name. So, so am I, and shame on both of us for that. But I do remember you're always uh, questioning him. Oh, no, he used to come status. at me, and we would go back and forth on social media. Oh, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, and, and I don't want to compare Mr. Soto to him, but it's somewhat similar in that somebody's got to make the all-star team, and he was the best of a bad Tiger uh, roster these last couple of seasons. But I, I don't care. He's a two-time all-star. He has been a closer. Pat Neshack. There you Pat go. Pat Neshack. There yeah. you go. Thank oh, you, Pat Oh, God, Nishak. what a piece of work that guy was. I remember you. He had uh, no not, interest in being here. Not really uh, being a big fan of Pat Neshack. But I am a big fan of Gregory Soto in that he's been there, he's done that, he's pitched in high-leverage situations. Here's where uh, I'll draw the comparison. When the uh, Phillies obtained Alvarado uh, a couple of years ago, very similar. Guy could just flat out bring it, do nasty stuff, but could on a given night walk the ballpark. And he came here, and specifically this year in the new regime, um, a much improved, much more in command of his stuff. Shoot, the Phillies were using him in the high le- highest of high leverage situations in the postseason because that's the way Rob Thompson wanted to manage. If Gregory Soto can follow in his footsteps, and I believe that he can, this is an outstanding trade to be able to get a high leverage back end bullpen piece and give up reserves. They're, they're key reserves, and they were chemistry guys on this very good Philly team that was within two games of winning the World Series, so they're going to have to make sure they add the type of players who will fit the chemistry of the team, but this is a trade I make every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, and I agree for all, this, all the reasons you just stated, and the Alvarado thing is really interesting because, remember, they sent Alvarado to the minors last year and kind of had to get him to figure it out. He saw a mind control coach i'm sure that's not what it's called but somebody to kind of help him figure out you know how to how to control his mind and his thoughts on the mound and it really worked and caleb cotham who's the phillies pitching coach did a great job with it and yeah i think they see kind of the same thing and another lefty who throws fire and you know can't have too many of those guys i think that's great um he throws a lot of pitches man he throws a lot of pitches Mm -hmm. he's going to slow down the game when he comes in but that's not really the point. The point is you got yourself another reliever. 
relievers seem like such a crapshoot, Jody. Every year they redo the bullpen and they get three or four new guys, and we think they're going to be good, and occasionally they are. Hopefully this year's is because they brought in other guys. They brought in Kimbrell, see if he has another year left in that arm. They brought in Matt Strom, another lefty. So they got three lefties out there now. Um, and you hope they just find the combination that works. I don't think any of these guys is the guaranteed closer. Even though this kid Soto had 30 saves last year, I don't think he walks in as the closer. I think they will do it by committee and do it by circumstance. Um, I'll tell you the one thing. You mentioned Soto in the All-Star game. I think I remember. Didn't, isn't he the guy who gave up the bomb to Real Muto in the All-Star game? Oh, I'd have to look that up. I, I think he is. I think that's what it was. Not that that matters in this case, but I think that's what it was. But listen, they're aggressive. I love how they have built on a team that went to the World Series, surprised everybody by going to the World Series, and a team that's in a really tough division with the Mets who are spending and gaining and getting a lot, although I don't know where the Korea thing's going, and the Braves who are a quality team. The Phillies are really hanging in there, and they've made – I, I love the moves they've made this offseason, and I think it's going to be a very fun 2023. What it does, as I said, open up a spot on this team where they still need to upgrade, and that's reserve outfielders. Because as yes. of right now, you've got Marsh in center, you've got Schwarber in left, you've got Castellanos in right, and you don't really have a backup outfielder at any right. of the positions. Yeah. Um, so that is going to be a priority, I would think, for Dave Dombrowski. I'm not looking for them to add a big name. I know you threw out Jerks and Profar a couple of uh, Love weeks, em. if not a month ago. Still um, unsigned. Still unsigned and a guy I would absolutely like to have, uh, depending on maybe his market is just cratered and maybe it's not going to be as high as some of us would have speculated. So he's a guy I would certainly have interest in, but I think it's a bit of a long shot. Yeah, yeah, um, I do too. Guys who have uh, – let me give you two names. All right. On guys who are uh, reserve outfielders, one of which fills, a, I think, a bit of a key spot in that he plays center field. Uh, I actually like the one who's a left fielder, right fielder, more so for his bat. Um, but if you're uh, looking to make that center field uh, backup spot a priority. Two guys who have been here in Philadelphia earlier. A couple of years ago, the Phillies picked up Corey Dickerson at the trade yeah, deadline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he came in and did a nice, solid job for him. Got key hits in yeah, big spots. Um, he spent his last year in St. Louis where he was a part-time outfielder, wasn't an everyday guy, but got 200 and change at bats. Didn't have a great year with the stick, but I think he's just a flat-out hitter. He's already played here in Philadelphia, and some people concern themselves with that. Can he handle the pressure of Philadelphia? Blah, blah. Uh, Dickerson's been here, done that. Um, so he's a guy I would have some interest in. I don't think he's going to be very expensive because he's coming off a less-than-stellar Corey Dickerson-type year. And the other one is uh, Travis Jinkowski, who was here just yeah, a year ago. he was ago. here too, right. Right. Um, utility uh, guy, yeah. Utility guy, has some speed, can absolutely play center field. I would say slightly above average defensively center field. Uh, can run a little bit, and I think the Phillies with Trey Turner are going to run more this year. Um, had a weird year, was with the Mets, played some. They tried to make a roster move and uh, get him through waivers. Seattle claimed him. Seattle had him for a week. They put him back on waivers. The Mets claimed him back again. So he had a kind of a traveled year last year where he's never really set. 
I would not mind bringing him back on a uh, split contract. If he makes the team, so be it. If not, minor league type deal. I think that's what he's looking at on the open market. Uh, so that's just a couple of ex-Philly guys who I think would be uh, good in a return engagement here in Philly as a backup outfielder. Yeah, neither would break the bank. I mean, you figure 200 at-bats max for either of them. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah, not 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 top-shelf guys, but at this point you just you just need to add depth. So I'm good with that. 215-592-9494. Oh, hey, David and South Philly, I am sorry to make you whole. We promise we'll get you at the start of the next segment. Anybody else invited to join? Top of the hour, Jody Mack. Our old producer and a guy who's gone on to fame and terrific work, Mike Garofolo, is going to join us, and we'll talk about the Eagles and the rest of the league. We're at Lincoln Financial Field as the Eagles prepare to take on the New York Giants 425 kickoff today. Jody Mack, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. All right, guys, are you ready for some football this afternoon? Pro football's regular season winding down. Birds playing at home versus New York this week. College football championship game on Monday. Pro and college hoops. So much more action to be had. The Bet Park Sportsbook Casino app has you covered. Get odds, bets, slots, and games right there in the palm of your hand. It's safe, secure, and very easy to use. The official sports book of the real Philly sports fan and the only sports book and casino app that I recommend. Bet on more than just the score. You got the player props. You got parlays. You got teasers. They offer everything to you. And with live in-game betting, you make a play in the first half, want to double down at halftime, want to try and balance your wager at half, you can bet during the game. Join me now and New Year's can get up to $750 in sports book bonus back. If your first bet isn't a winner, so download the app and start playing instantly with the Bet Park Sportsbook and Casino app. With Jody McDonald, I'm Glenn Mack now. Sunday, final regular season, football Sunday of the season. Uh, playoffs begin next week. Eagles today playing for the bye. Down here at Lincoln Financial Field, starting to load in. Jody, I'll just paint the scene for you every once in a while. It is, uh, it's really a nice day down here. The sun is out, very little wind. Uh, I think we kind of got lucky. It's, last time I looked, it was 41 degrees. Anybody will take that the, uh, in, on January 8th, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Let's say hi to David in South Philly. Hey, David. Hey, guys. How you doing this morning? Very good. Excellent. Um, so, been listening to you guys. I think you're right on about everything for today and sort of what the Eagles are this season. So, I'm thinking ahead to next year, and I'm thinking a lot about Jonathan Gannon. I totally agree with the frustration around his soft zone stuff. It felt like we reverted to the Jonathan Gannon two years ago. But my question is, what do you think the future looks like for Jonathan Gannon? And if he's not here, what does the future of the Eagles' defense look like in next year? Well, rumor came out last night. I want to attribute it to the right source, so bear with me. i got to find it. Uh, out of Houston, and it's a reporter out of Houston, reported that Jonathan Gannon's name is in play to become coach of the Houston Texans. Of course, they're just terrible this year. Uh, look to get the first pick of the draft. Aaron Wilson is the reporter down in Houston who said, uh, Lovey Smith's job is in danger. Will the Texans fire head coach third year in a row if job becomes open? Eagles' Jonathan Gannon considered strong candidate after interviewing twice last year. Mutual interest between the team and Gannon per sources. Uh, I would would be surprised if Gannon does not move to a head coaching job next year. 
Um, Jody, and then we'll get to what that means for the team. Do you view it differently, Jody? I Slightly. Um, if I were Houston, uh, I, I don't know how you don't come in with an offensive coach. You're going to take a quarterback with either the first or second pick in the draft. Um, your mm-hmm. offense has been a stone-cold mess since Deshaun Watson left. I, I would absolutely be looking to hire an offensive coach rather than a defensive coach. That doesn't mean Gannon isn't a good candidate, and I think Glenn's right. There's a better chance he will get a job than not get a job. I just don't, I don't think the Texans would be well served by hiring Gannon. I think they've got to get an offensive guy. But do I, think, do I think he's going to be in? And, oh, by the way, one of the guys I would have interest in if I were the Texans would be Shane Steichen because I think he's going to be one of the best offensive uh, possibilities uh, coordinator, elevated head coach for the first time around the league this year. So I think the Eagles may lose one of their coaches to the Texans. I I think the better fit would be Shane Steichen. Interesting. Um, Cut. Well, uh, no, I cut you off. Go on. I'm just going to say, but I do believe Gannon will be a top candidate. I'd give him a slightly above 50% chance to get a job. I don't think it's a lock-solid rock cinch that he's going to get a gig, but I think he's in a mix. And, yes, he did interview, and apparently somewhat successfully, they didn't give him the job, but uh, they did like him enough to bring him back for a second interview. That's always a good sign. Um, so that, that means that he knows how to interview, and that means he's going to be a viable player for a couple different teams. So, David, I mean, you, you, this is the way it works, right? As your team becomes successful and makes a playoff run and we hope makes a Super Bowl run, your um, coordinators become hot candidates for whatever coaching jobs become open. I think there's going to be a decent amount of coaching jobs open this offseason. So there's a, there's a good chance that both of them will leave. As Jody said, Steichen's going to be a hot candidate too. The tough part for Nick and the tough part for Howie Roseman is that you got to find guys to replace them who can do the job. And Andy Reid was so good for so long here and Andy Reid started to lose his success when his um, assistant staff really started to decline, right? When he lost the Harbaugh's and Jim Johnson passed away and um, trying to think, Leslie Frazier left. And there are two or three other assistant coaches who were good here who left and went on to somewhere else. And that's the tough part is you got to replace those guys. As much as people don't like Gannon, and I understand that he's not what Philadelphia looks for in a defensive coach, their defense is really good, and it will be tough to replace them. David, floor's yours. So I, I totally agree with all that. My, I guess my question is, who do you think that the Eagles target, you know, given we have a pretty solid core, uh, a couple older guys who might, who might move on uh, on the defensive side, but a generally younger crew, um, what kind of defensive coordinators would you be looking for, and what do you think the changes look like? I mean, I agree that – uh, you know, I mean, good luck to Gannon if he goes to Houston. That's going to be a rough ride and, and probably not last that long. Uh, and Shane Steichen, I would be really sad to lose. Uh, but I think Jody is right that teams are going to target him because the Eagles offense has been so good. But I'm more interested on the defensive side of the ball. Who do the Eagles target and, and does the defense look different under a different coordinator? I'm Mac, sure. I'll give, you, I'll give yeah. you my take on this because it uh, may unfortunately be thwarted. The obvious answer would be if Gannon were to leave, the Eagles would hire Vic Fangio because they play, quote-unquote, the Fangio defense. A bunch of teams in the National Football League have adopted Vic Fangio's style of defense, 
and he has uh, been out on the street this year. He came to the Eagles. He made one of those uh, somewhat infamous Eagle appearances in training camp where coaches that have coached elsewhere here previously show up at camp, spend the day, glad hand, schmooze, hang around. Uh, and he did so in Philadelphia this past training camp. So I thought it would just be a natural fit. Now, there are serious rumors that Sean Payton has already reached out to Fangio, that if he gets a gig around the NFL, whatever uh, coach, head coaching spot he gets, and major rumors yesterday saying Denver's already reached out for permission from New Orleans to at least interview him. Um, he's already on record as saying, I will attempt to get Vic Fangio to be my defensive coordinator. So the Eagles could be in competition for Fangio's services if that's uh, a necessity because Gannon gets a gig. Yeah, and I'd be okay with that. I mean, you're right. You don't have to change the whole system. I don't know. I mean, the guy who's doing the great job for them is Rocker, who's the def- the defensive line coach. But that doesn't mean that he has it made to be a coordinator. He's in his 50s also. I don't know where they want to go with that. Um, and, again, just because a guy's a great assistant coach doesn't mean that he's a great coordinator. And a great coordinator doesn't become necessarily a great coach. I give you Ray Rhodes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, y- your guess seems very logical to me. I I can't really – give you names of hot position coaches around the NFL who are waiting to be promoted to coordinator. So I'm good with yours. Hey, you know who we could ask? Who's that? Mike Garofolo. There you go. He knows these kinds of things. That's his his wheelhouse. Exactly. And guess what? He's joining us in about five minutes. That works for me. Yeah, we're going to talk to our old pal Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network coming up. And take your calls. 215-592-9494. 215-592-9494. He's Jody McDonald. I'm Glenn Mack. Now it's a football Sunday on 94 WIP. All right, Jody McDonald, it is time for this week in Philadelphia sports history. I take you back, my friend, to January 11th. Not exactly this day, but I got close. 2004. Do you remember what you were doing on that day? January 11th of 2004, uh, other than watching NFL playoffs. Uh, well, that's it. That's pretty much all you need to answer. No, I know where I was. I was out in front of Lincoln Financial Field. I was hosting the Eagles pregame show in 2004. Well, that's interesting because I wasn't. So there right. you go. Uh, well, who who do you think I passed it off to for the last 20 years? That's that correct. would be you, pal. Yes, uh, sir. It's, it's been a Mac or a Mac who's hosted the Eagles pregame show on the Eagles radio network for the last 20 plus years. Yeah. So you know what I was doing that year? I was in the Tom Bigby doghouse at that point. Really? Yes. And I was hosting. We didn't have the broadcast at that time. That's when. It was on YSP, and that's we didn't why, have that's it. That's why right? I was hosting the pregame show, because yours truly was working at another radio station uh, 85 miles north of here. But on weekends, I came back to host the Eagles pregame show on 94 WISP. Okay. Oh, so you're doing for YSP. Okay. Yes. I got it. All right. So I we didn't have the games. So what did we do for programming during the games? We did one of those shows of, you know, let's go around the league and uh, mm-hmm. let's see. In Tampa, there's a field goal. Let's go down to our guy in Tampa. And I was doing that show during Eagle games, which I hated because I wanted to watch the Eagles game. Right. So on this day, I was doing that. Actually, I was doing it with Dick Girardi. Dickie so, J. Yes. He, was, he did it with me that year. It was, an, it was an odd year. Anyway, 
the Eagles had, were the NFC East champions, and they were the one seed, which I didn't remember. They were uh, coming off an opening week bye, and they were playing the four-seed Green Bay Packers right here where I sit. Packers had beaten the uh, Seahawks in overtime the week before. Mm-hmm. All right, let me take you to the game. Packers lead 17-14 to 14 in the fourth quarterback. In the fourth quarter, not quarterback. In the fourth quarter, Brett Favre, Donovan McNabb. Eagles get the ball late, very late. Deuce rips off a 22-yarder. Ooh. Then Donovan throws an incompletion. Not good. False start. Oh, no. Huge 11-yard sack on McNabb, Jody. Yes. There's a there's a minute and 12 seconds to go. The Eagles are down three. All I need to say is it's fourth and 26. And then this. Chris Collinsworth can't believe it. Um, the Packers coverage broke down. I will be honest because I, I called this up this week and watched it about 20 times. Not Nothing against Freddie Mitchell, who made a great catch, or Donovan, who made a great throw. Eagles got a pretty generous spot on that one. If it was you close. Look at it, if you look at it, they, they, it was close, and they give it to Freddie by like a yard and a half, uh, but he got it. Uh, eventually, David Akers ties the game with a 37-yard field goal. It goes into overtime. Brett Favre throws a duck up there, a ridiculous mm-hmm. pass that uh, Brian Dawkins intercepts. He returns at 35 yards. Another Acres field goal. Eagles win. Eagles win. They go on to well, they go on to Carolina, where they end up losing the title game, 14 to three. In those right. years where they kept losing those games, but. What do you remember about that day, 4th and 26? Well, a couple of things. Number one, it takes the sting out of 3rd and 30 by the Cowboys. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. Not not completely, but a little bit. It's, it's what 26. we all thought about. Yeah, yep. Exactly right. Number two, did I ever tell you my Freddie Mitchell story? No, but I got one or two, so go ahead. Um, I can guarantee you that mine predates yours. Okay. Because I met Freddie Mitchell when he was 17 years old. Wow. He was a very good baseball player in yeah. Lakeland, Florida. Oh, okay. Which is the home of Joseph Anthony Elowich's McDonald Sr. Yeah. So Tigers. it was it was a it was March and I was down there for spring training and staying at my father's house and he said, Hey, you wanna go to a high school baseball game today? And I said, Yeah, if you want to, Dad, sure. The local high school, about five miles from my father's house, St. Catherine's, I think it was, uh, was playing. And he said, they've got a draft-eligible kid. He's a pretty good player. He probably deserves to go somewhere in the 10 to 20-round range. But I don't think that's where he's going to be drafted because everybody believes he's going to play football on the West Coast. So he went to the game. Freddie Mitchell plays. He got a couple of hits, made one really good defensive play. My father and two other scouts were there. After the game was over, we all went over just to shake his hand, tell him good game, introduce us, blah, blah, blah. And Freddie put on the charm. Oh, my God. My first love is baseball. If I were to be drafted high, I would not even consider playing football anymore. I'm a baseball player first and foremost. And he put the charm on for about five minutes, and he left. And one of the scouts turned to my father and said, 
Yeah, he's got no chance to ever play baseball. He's, <laughs> he's a football player. He's going to UCLA, uh, mark, it, mark it down. He's never going to play baseball. He ended up being a 50th round choice. Now, my father was telling me he deserved to go somewhere between rounds 10 and 20. So he had the talent to potentially make it to the major leagues today. But everybody and his brother knew he was going to UCLA to play both baseball and football. And uh, he wasn't winning over anybody that day. He tried. Man, he threw on the Freddie charm for that one to try and convince the three teams that were there watching him to draft him higher than maybe he deserved to be drafted. Uh, but he was, he was a very entertaining young man at age 17. And the thing, I don't know if we have it handy, but that 4th and 26 lent itself to one of the greatest quotes in the history of sports quotes. Do you know to what I refer? I know a great Freddie Mitchell quote, but I actually think it's from a different moment. So you tell me what you got. Oh, no. And maybe you're right, but I don't think so. Was that not after 4th and 26 where Freddie Mitchell thanked his hands? I thought you may be right and I may be wrong because now we're going back, you know, between 15, 20 years on this stuff. I thought the Freddie Mitchell, I want to thank my hands, was when he made the tip catch against the Vikings playoff game. Yes, thank you, Bill Matz. I think that was the Vikings playoff game, but regardless. Okay. Uh, it was. That, that is one it, of it the all-time. Only, yeah. If we're talking about Freddie Mitchell, uh, Freddie Mitchell did a lot of colorful things during his time here in Philadelphia. Nothing topped. I'd like to thank my hands. Yes. As far okay. as I'm concerned. So, first of all, Freddie Mitchell, UCLA, his college roommate was? Chase Utley. Right who was a much better draft pick by a Philadelphia <laughs> team. Um, so I will be honest and tell you, I always thought Freddie was kind of a jerk. Um, and I know, I listen, I have friends who like him and know him, and Freddie's done some charity stuff that I've seen, and I give him a lot of credit for that. So maybe jerk may not be the right word. But when he was here, first of all, he not only was a bad pick for a first rounder not his fault they got picked but he was not a mm-hmm. he was not a first round pick i mean he he played here four years and averaged 22 catches a year he played here four seasons and have five touchdowns freddie was just not very good um but i remember two things with freddie mitchell i remember one heading into the super bowl he opened his big fat slobbering mouth and said I'm going after that number 37, man. I'm going to embarrass him. You remember that? And you remember who that was? It was Rodney Harrison. Yeah. Yeah. No, not bright, Freddie. Freddie, no. Freddie. Freddie's quotes were entertaining. They weren't always well advised. No. Uh, the, before the Super Bowl, to give the other team bulletin board material was a really bad idea. But this is the other one I remember. And I think it might have been during Freddie's second year, in which his second year he played all 16 games and had 12 catches for 105 yards and no touchdowns. And Steve Fredericks, God rest his soul, is on WIP doing a show. Had to be a weekend afternoon because I was driving around listening to it on the weekend. And Steve Fredericks is is ripping Freddie Mitchell a little bit. And Freddie Mitchell did the thing that players should never do. Uh, Well, two things. One is he listened to people talking about him on WIP. Never really advised. Second thing he did is he called in. And he called in to Steve Fredericks and challenged him. Really? I've never heard this story. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What do you know? And then the one thing, this was the greatest thing. Freddie said to Steve, and, and by the way, Steve Fredericks was one of the um, 
cleverest, craftiest, quick-thinking guys I've ever heard on this station. Agreed. S- Steve could come back with a retort. And so F- Freddie hears Steve ripping him and calls up and says to Steve Fredericks, who, by the way, Steve was in his mid-50s at the time, how many touchdown passes have you caught in the NFL? To which Steve Fredericks says, uh, one fewer than you. Fred. Oh, nice line. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and it was great. And it was a great comeback. And uh, But Freddie had the moment, and 4th and 26 will, will be there forever. And it kept the Eagles alive in the playoffs one more week. Um, it was, and by the way, the Packers defensive coordinator got fired the day after that. Understood, understandable. Yeah. So that was that was a good one, and that is this week in Philadelphia sports history. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We've cleared out the lines for you. One thing I will ask you, Jody McDonald. Um, it goes against everything the Eagles have done all year. They will not do this today. However, oh, I know, I going. would. If you know, I, you know I'm in agreement with you before you even ask the question. I think I do know that you are. If I were Nick Sirianni and the Eagles win the coin toss today, I would say we're taking the ball and we're going to score. Glenn, it is something I harp on uh, both here on WIP and on my Birds 365 show. I understand the analytics of it. I don't need to have it uh, explained to me again, the whole you can get the back-to-back possession, score at the end of the first half, get it right back, score at the end of the second half, momentum, all of I, I acknowledge all of those things, and I realize all of those things. But the fact that the Eagles do it by rote, as soon as the coin toss is flipped, if they win, they defer. They don't think about it. They don't analyze it. They don't give any thought to their opponent that they're playing and the matchup on that given day. They don't even give thought to themselves on what would be best for them if they could do what they wanted to do and had faith in themselves. It just automatically you win, we kick. And I think that it's foolish. I think it's ridiculous. I think it's a major hole in Nick Sirianni's potential coach of the year resume. I am 100% in agreement with you. If they win the coin toss today, you should say, we're getting Jalen out there. We're going to march it down the field. We're going to run it down the Giants' backups' throats. We're going to establish the fact that this game is officially over. Mm-hmm. If they win the coin toss today, I guarantee you they defer. They will defer. but it, And for every reason you just stated, like, let's get the nonsense out of the way. We score. You're done. We're going to win. And, uh, yeah, they won't do it. All right. Nope. All right, let's get uh, Ted up here, who wants to uh, remember the fourth and twenty-six. What do you got, Ted? Well, I was uh, actually I was actually at the game at the mm-hmm. link yep. and, um, against Green Bay, and um, and I, I had dinner with uh, Freddie Mitchell a couple of months ago uh, down at where my daughter worked down in uh, next to Hills. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. we were talking, and he told me the whole shebang about what happened with the two thousand three Super Bowl. Okay, we're down in McNabb, and Andy Reid said, "Listen, this is the deal. This is the this is this is the rules that you guys got to abide by. You can't go out and go drinking and doing this." And and, and what they said about, you know, uh, uh, down in McNabb throwing up in the huddle, okay, was um, was true. But you know, granted that Tom Brady. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Then, hold on, hold on. I got to back you up. Uh, we know that Donovan wretched throw up whatever it was in the huddle because we saw it what is what does that have to do with andy's well, rules saying, for the week no well freddie was telling me that 
him and Donovan McNabb did not get along at all. So he, and, oh, so Freddie was and, telling you this story because he doesn't like McNabb. Well, no, it was both. It was, it was both. It was back and forth. You know what I mean? They didn't get along. I understand, and, 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 but this plays more to the character of Freddie Mitchell than anything else. But okay, go ahead. Well, no, I know Freddie doesn't have. You know, I know Freddie has some some demons behind him. But I had dinner with him. I sat down with him for two and a half. He he told me everything. You know about it. But you know, if you want to believe, you want to believe whatever the case may be. Okay, but I said, I said, I said, I said, fourth and twenty six. He goes, no, it wasn't fourth and twenty six. It was fourth and twenty three. And McNabb was desperate, and he and that's what got us into the two thousand three playoffs against Atlanta. You know what I mean? So, uh, right. you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know where the let's do evils here. I don't know what fourth and twenty three was, Jody. I think we all know it was fourth and twenty six. Yeah, um, Freddie thought it was fourth and twenty three. Uh, <laughs> maybe he should have been paying better attention. Whatever. He uh, got, but he did he got get 20, marker. He, did, he got 27, as you pointed out. They had right. a, like a, a yard past the sticks, and yeah. I don't know that he got quite that far, but he got far enough to get the fourth down conversion, which was fourth and 26, not they, 23. They gave him a very generous uh, pl- uh, placement, and you know what? That worked out just fine for the Eagles, and they won the game, and that's great. And uh, well, you know what? I don't need to take that guy's thought process any further because I didn't understand it a little bit. Nor did I. Coming up, we will take more calls, presumably better than that one. 215-592-9494. And Jody and I will pick some games from today uh, as we continue toward a 425 kickoff. Eagles against the, the – I almost said the Green Bay Packers. Excuse me. Eagles against the New York Giants, the faux Giants, here at Lincoln Financial Field. Jody McDonald, Glenn Mack now. A 94 WIP. Final week of the regular season Sunday here on 94 WIP. This is your quasi-Eagles pre-pregame show on 94 WIP. Uh, Mr. Macnow will be in charge of absolutely everything for the next six hours here on uh, WIP including countdown to kickoff and eagle pregame show how long does it take you after you wrap up the pregame show to get upstairs oh five minutes that's not bad at all no not bad at all i mean we're right by the gate we go in we get the elevator well we we got to walk through the basement uh the the fun part is always we walk past the guys carrying the giant flag for the national anthem right before they go out right and so there's usually military people or um, people involved in all kinds of good causes, and you know, you know how big those flags are, right? They cover sure. the whole field. Oh yeah. So we always, we always see them. They usually get excited to see I grease. Uh, we walk by them. We walk halfway around the stadium. We get the elevator upstairs. I have sat in the same press box seat for 15 years next to John Clark. Uh, used to be next to Derek Gunn. Love Derek. Love John. And uh, I'm I'm there by kickoff. Damn, you could do all that in five minutes. Yeah, pretty much. Damn, you must walk fast. Grab myself a coffee. It's pretty good. <laughs> All right, Jody Mack, there are a good slate of games. They played the two games yesterday. Kansas City beat the Raiders. No surprise there. Jacksonville Jags get to the playoffs by beating a Titans team that just collapsed down the stretch. Of course, they lost their quarterback, too. Uh, and the Jags make the playoffs. But a whole bunch of games today. 
I think we should pick some games. Let's fire up the music. Jody will uh, take three apiece. You take one first. All right. Uh, If I were to give them to you in the order of preference, I feel one of the games that you and I might agree on, I'll put as my second. Uh, It might actually be my first, but I'll put it second. Sorry, Eagle fans. And, uh, again, I believe the Eagles are going to win today, so it becomes irrelevant. I think the Cowboys are going to crush the Commanders today. They're a seven-point favorite on the road. Sam Rookie Howell from North Carolina will be getting the nod. Not Carson Wentz, not Taylor Heineke. Sam Howell making his debut for the Commanders today. Dallas knows what's at stake. They got the possibility of being the number one seed. I think they come out and fire on all cylinders and win by at least two touchdowns today. Sorry to say it, Eagle fans, but if you're talking about uh, picking games and making wagers, the Cowboys are a very good play today. Yeah, I like that one, too. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it out of my three, but I think that's a really good pick. And I'm going to – the one that I think we both agree on, I'm actually going to save for third, and it's not going to be a great mystery, but – uh, the Browns are at the Steelers today. The Steelers are just a two-and-a-half-point favorite, which seemed very low to me. Steelers are 8-8, eight and eight, Browns are 7-9. and nine. Um, Steelers actually still have something at stake. It's a long shot, but they can make the playoffs. They need some help. They need the Patriots and the Dolphins to lose. Um, but they go into the game being alive, which is more than the Browns are. Mike Tomlin has never had a losing season in Pittsburgh. I don't think he starts today. I think the Steelers get to 9-8. and eight. Kenny Pickett's been, been kind of decent, kind of good in the clutch. I'll bet on him over to Sean Watson. Steelers given two and a half at home to the Browns. All right. You have officially taken one of my picks, but that's okay. We're that's in agreement cool. on the Steelers. We're, it sounds like we're in agreement on the Cowboys. And the other game that I'm 90% sure we're going to be in agreement on is the emotionally charged Buffalo Bills at home today should win handily over the Patriots. I know it's seven and a half. It's more than a touchdown. I think the Bills might just go out and romp them. They're going to play their starters throughout because you've got that possibility if they win that the championship game against the Chiefs will be played at a neutral field rather than in Kansas City. If they lose today, the Bills have plenty to play for. They have the superior team, and they've got all the positive emotion in the world because of their recuperating teammate. I think they put a hurt down on the, a beat down and a hurt on the Patriots today. Uh, yeah, and then that, that is a game that I'm going to take. Look, um, Buffalo has been through so much. I'm going to punt. Uh, you know what? Let me give you my other pick, and then I'll do that, and we'll turn the music off because it's a little serious. Um, I'm, uh, this is one I, I hate to tell you. I don't think your Jets are going to hang with the uh, Dolphins today. Dolphins, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. They they don't have Tua Tagliavoa today. He's at injury. The Jets... And I'll ask you, the Jets got in a serious funk, man. Four touchdowns in the last five games. No offensive touchdowns in the last two games. The Dolphins have lost five straight. Talking about teams in a serious funk. They're 8-3, and three, now they're 8-8. Eight and eight. They're trying to avoid a losing season. Um, the, the Jets need a win and a pay, I'm sorry, the Dolphins need a win and a Patriots loss to clinch the playoff spot. Again, they go into the game thinking they're playing for something. The Jets do not, so I'll give it to the Dolphins there. I agree with you. Not sure if Skylar Thompson is the guy, and they're down to their third-string quarterback because yeah. they're not playing Teddy Bridgewater either. But as good a guy as he is, and he spent a short period of time here in Philadelphia, Joe Flacco can't play anymore, and he's going to be the quarterback for the Jets today. So I, I, 
tentatively agree with you on that one. Uh, my other play is kind of a different one. I'm going to take the Chargers. And in some places, you can get upwards of the Chargers plus three and a half points today against the Broncos. It doesn't make any sense. Now, if the Ravens lose early, the Chargers have nothing to play for. Mm. So there's a good chance they're going to pull Herbert. They're going to pull all the... Chase Daniels, another ex-Eagle, wow. will get the starting nod for the Chargers today. No one in the NFL has made more money for doing less than Chase Daniels as a backup quarterback. He may actually earn some money today. I think the Chargers win the game no matter how many guys they pull. They're getting Bosa back today, the other Bosa, not the MV, uh, defensive player of the year. Joey returns. They're going to get him some run. I think that will lift their spirits a little bit. And Denver's just a bad team. I know they've been a little bit better since they fired their coach and changed their play caller. I think the Chargers win no matter who they put out there. And, oh, by the way, you're getting three and a half points just in case. Chargers are my uh, third pick. Yeah, good. Uh, I don't think we have any serious disagreements on any of them. Good stuff. Jody, give me your tagline. I love it. Remember, bet with your head, not over it. There you go. All right, let's uh, turn on the music, and let, let's talk a little bit about the Buffalo thing because, yeah, that means a lot to me uh, today, and, and you and I haven't really talked much about the DeMar Hamlin thing. There's a couple things I do want to ask you about. But I, I, I'm just going to say this. Um, it's been a long time since I lived in Buffalo. I mean, it's my entire adult life. I, I haven't lived there. Um, my parents, we, we moved my parents down from there to Philadelphia, uh, I guess about 11, 12 years ago. Um, but I still have a lot of family there, and I still have friends there, and um, it's my roots, so it means a lot to me. And having lived in that city, having grown up there, I can tell you that the relationship between that football franchise and the people in that town is incredibly tight. Um, I think it's the second smallest in the city in the league next to Green Bay. Maybe Jacksonville's smaller, but I don't think so. Buffalo is a small town. And that franchise means everything to those people. The energy that is going to be there today is, is going to be incredible in that stadium. Um, it's, it's a lot like what the Eagles mean in Philadelphia and how everybody is an Eagles fan, except that Buffalo is like a quarter of the size of Philadelphia, and it still means that much. So it's, it's just, you know, they have the Sabres, and the Sabres haven't made the playoffs in about a 1,000 years. So it's basically they got the, the Bills, and these people – they, their entire fall and winter is rooting for the Bills. That's what they do. The Bills Mafia is a real thing. Um, you hate to say that a tragedy is going to coalesce a team. Um, you know, or, or better said, that I'm going to pick a game partly because of that and, and because the tragedy is the most important thing. But the Bills are playing for a lot today, and it's more than just playoff seating. Buffalo has been through so much, Jody, um, in in the last year. Uh, I don't know if, if you know this or saw this. Remember this? They they had a mass murder there, a mass shooting there mm -hmm. by a, by a racist gunman. Uh, it wasn't that long ago. They had that horrible snowstorm, and 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 snowfall that killed forty people just within the last couple of weeks. Um, and and you know people know Buffalo for snow. This is the worst snowstorm that they had in 100 years there. And this is a place that has snow all the time. Um, then you have this horrible thing that happens to Jamar Hamlin. And then I saw just uh, Friday 
that their longtime radio announcer, a guy named John Murphy, who is, you know, who's a local legend like our radio announcers are local legends, like part of the fabric, been doing it forever. Everybody knows him and loves him. He had a stroke this last week, and he's not going to be doing it. So that city's been pounded, 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 and they're going to come out today. They're going to fill that stadium. I'm sure the team's going to feel incredible emotion. Um, Hamlin spoke to his, his teammates the other day uh, via FaceTime, and I, I just imagine that it's going to be an incredible scene there today. Again, I don't want to make it into they're going to win the game because of this, but I, I just think the energy and emotion in that stadium today is going to be going to be astounding, going to be really special. Mac, one thing I should know, and I don't off the top of my head, um, what's weather supposed to be like in Buffalo today? I don't know. Actually, we'll look that up. Yeah. I don't know. A little snowfall would be kind of fitting, <laughs> fitting what it always is. Un- understood, and that's yeah. why I, I didn't yeah. feel the need to look it up because sometimes you factor weather into selections that you can make picks, you can make Oh, it doesn't matter. Uh, the crowd is going to be, as you say, electric. The players are going to be as energized as possible. I don't think weather plate. Now, if, nah, it's 32 if, degrees and, and cloudy, no snow in the, in the No forecast. snow effect. No, no. no lake effect snow uh, uh, yeah. uh, jumping in in the middle of the game. Yeah, I, I think the uh, it'll be a game that I'll be watching in the 1 o'clock window for sure. Yeah, it's one that I wish I had the opportunity to uh, tune in on. My yeah, it's so funny. My wife said to me, "You want me to you want me to record it and you can watch it later." And I don't know if you feel the same way I do. Sports is the one thing that I can't watch later. Sports, and this is why sports is as popular as it is on TV, and why the NFL is the most popular thing on television, because. I have to watch sports when they happen. If I know how they how it happened and who won and how they won, other than, you know, it's an Eagles game and I want to break it down later because I'm going to discuss exactly. it on the air, right? So that's for work purposes, right? You know, I need to, like, how did that press coverage break down? Let me look at it. But just in terms of watching it later, I can't do it. I re- record every Eagle game every week. I watch it while I'm sitting here and getting ready to do my CBS show thereafter. But I have it in case there's something i got to go back and double-check on Monday or Tuesday, something that comes up on a show, and I'm not exactly sure. My memory isn't serving me. So I record it for, you're right, research purposes after the fact. But I don't go back and watch entire Eagle games over again. I know some people who do. I'm not one of them. The last thing I recorded to go back and watch, I never did was the last couple of minutes of the Sixers game on Monday night because I was not watching Monday night football when the Hamlin hit took place. I found out about it on a text. A bunch of my buddies, I got some Jet buddies that uh, we, they whine and moan whenever the Jets are losing, and we're on a text chain, about nine of us. And one of my friends texted me while I'm watching the Sixers, and it said, I've never seen that on a National Football League field before. He didn't go into detail, so I didn't even bother flipping over to the Monday night game. About four or five minutes later, one of the other guys chimes in and says, man, I think that guy could have potentially died on the field. I said, oh, my God. So I got to change over. 
the ambulance was just leaving the field at the time. I didn't see the play. I didn't know what happened. I got caught up pretty quickly, and then I had to go on WIP on Monday night earlier than the daughter was going to because I come on after the Monday night game. Well, the Monday night game ended, so I had to go on and talk about it. I had to do as much quick research as I could, but that was the last thing I recorded to go back and watch thereafter. And I never got back to the Sixers because of everything that right. transpired on Monday night. Yeah, and that, and, that, and that becomes a different thing. Last year, I remember I saw of the top 100 rated anything on TV last year, I think 85 or 87 of them were NFL games. Right. 90-plus were sporting events. The vast majority were NFL games. The, the uh, college football championship was on there. Maybe one of the NBA games, I, you know, a couple other things, um, maybe an Olympics. But it's like two shows, three news events, and 92 sporting events. <laughs> and the reason to me is because you don't record sporting events. You watch them live. I, I watch TV. I watch a lot of TV, but I watch it at my own schedule. Right. right. I, I, you'll ask me when a show is on, and I typically don't even know when it's on or what night it's on because I, I watch it when I do. But sports, you got to watch live. And the one where that really hits home is the, the NFL is the only one that truly you can. If you're going to miss it, you can go back and watch it later. You get really busy. you got a wedding to go to or something like that. You can go back and watch Baseball, that never happens because you got another game the next day. At least in the NFL, you got seven days in case you're going to be out of town, you're uh, out of the country, and you're coming back. If you try and do that with a baseball game, they've played two games since. Right. So what the yeah. hell matters that something happened three days previous? So you are right. The immediacy of sports on television cannot be matched. Absolutely. Let's get uh, Casey in East Falls here. Hey, Casey. Hey, thank you so much. I just wanted to weigh in. I'm from Rochester, New York, so I'm mm -hmm. a huge Bills fan. And I'm going to tell you, that team is not just Buffalo. It's the whole Western New York. And that fan base is so passionate. Win or lose, that team, they lost. They suffered more than any team. They lost four straight Super Bowls, the Music City Miracle. And then last year's debacle with the beat, you know, the nonsense overtime rule. How do you like to be Josh Allen and lead your team to the final win? And then you don't even get back in the field and you lose. I mean, suffered the bills have suffered and they you saw it this week when they came for the uh this kid that fan base in western new york you can take the whole state they all love the bills yeah and, and they, it's a they regional franchise you're right it's a regional oh my franchise. god my father and i went to eight bills games i went to eight games from nine age nine to 15 and my first game at nine 1969 was at the old war memorial stadium where i think they won the championship with jack kemp in 66. i saw oj simpson eight times live mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so, you and i, I mean, grew I up together blood, man the bills Mob, whatever, they are the most passionate. It's not just Buffalo. It's Rochester and all the cities. Rochester's a million people. So you can double the uh, Buffalo, and you throw Rochester. That's where the Bills train summer camp at St. John Fisher. We love the Bills. I'm an Eagles fan because I lived here 19 years now. But I love the Bills. And my dream, Bills, Eagles, Super Bowl. My God, I yeah. don't know who to root for. Yeah, and, well, that's kind of my nightmare, to be honest with you, if that ever happens. And I, and I would root for the Eagles. I mean, I've lived here for... 30 something years and i i mean this is my job and this is i'm if, if the eagles when i'm going to the parade if the bills win, i'm not but my dad my dad would love to see the bills win and with my dad i would love to see him get that at some point not let me add year. to your regional aspect of the bills because you know i do the, the weekends on cbs sports radio yeah i get a bunch of 
Toronto Buffalo Bill fans. Oh, so yeah. it's not just within the United States. It crosses the border that there are diehard Bills fans that are actually Canadians that live and die with the Bills as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a big thing. 215-592-9494. Jody McDonald, Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Jody Mac and Glenn Mack now. We're taking to the top of the hour. I'm sticking around. I got uh, Countdown to Kickoff at 1 o'clock with Ross Tucker and Dave Spadaro. And then the pregame show starts at 2 o'clock today right here on the north side of Lincoln Financial Field. We're facing Citizens Bank Park right outside the pro shop. People start coming in. Uh, we have the usual gang. And today's uh, featured alumni, I think it's at 3 o'clock, Javon Curse. Nice. Jody, the freak, will be right here. So always enjoy those moments, too. Let's work in Mark uh, from Wayne before we hit the top of the hour. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Great show, as usual. I love listening to you guys. Thank you. I think, I think it's great that um, Jalen's playing today. I agree with you, Jody. You need to get him a little bit of work. I think the birds win rather handily. I think the defense completely shuts down the Giants. I'm looking at, like, 24-7, 24-10. One okay. other quick point, if I may, guys. Uh, Jody, you may get a kick out of this. My dad passed away on December 1st. He was 91. Glenn, I've listened to you for years. We're about exactly the same age. And big, big sports fan. So we were going through some old pictures, and we found a picture from, I, I think it was a WIP trip to D.C. in 1994. It stated on the back. And there is my mom and my sister surrounding a smiling, young, bearded Jody Mack. <laughs> and, Jody, well, you have these, these wild-looking, like, psychedelic sweatpants on. It's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, the oh. Zubas. Mac-Man Mac, Mac uh, knew me during that the Zubas That was your Zuba trademark, era. man. You, you had, yes. oh, I don't know, six, eight, ten pairs of those, Jody, including you had one that looked like an explosion in a fish factory. More like 12 or 14 pairs, but who's counting? That would yeah. be my uh, wife, who there you go. very successfully <laughs> over the years called the herd and <laughs> cut down on them one by one by one by one until none were left. But I'm not surprised I was wearing Zubaz. Still the bearded one, although it might have had some brown in it back then, 93. It's now all white. I'm glad you held on to that picture all these years. You were looking very sharp, my man. Go thank Eagles. You. Hey, thank I you. I appreciate that. Good stuff. Appreciate the call. All right, Jody, we have uh, we have not, I think, officially made our pick for today's game. Uh, you go first. Are you reaching for the folded piece of paper? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Matt? Yes. Now? Hold on. Where is it? There it is. Hold on. Get it ready. Come on. It's the end of the show. you got to have this handy. Got it. That's All it. Right. You've got your folded piece of paper. i got it written down on my show sheet notes. Um, Eagles are going to win. Could it be uh, the fact that they need to just kind of get the offense rolling with Jalen back in gear? Might it take a little bit? Could they be um, a little trepidatious about overusing Miles Sanders today? Yeah, I think all those things could come into play. I think they're going to win. The line is up to 16 and a half now. I would stay away from the game. I would not wager on it. I think the Eagles win by double digits. I'm looking at like 26 to 16. Oh, okay. That's uh, them hanging on a little more, but that's okay. Um, geez, I want to believe that it's comfortable, and I wrote down that it's going to be comfortable, and I'd like to think that certainly by some point in the third quarter, Jalen Hurts 
take, well, he probably not going to take off the shoulder pads being in the field, but puts on the big jacket, sits down, and enjoys the rest of the game on the sidelines with some of the other starting teammates. I say the Eagles are going to win this one 31 to 13. So, so you, you actually do have them covering a 16 and a half. That's a gigantic number, but 31 13 does I, give I, you the Eagle cover, McMahon. It does. And, and, and if I were betting, I wouldn't bet it only because. The Giants score some late-game garbage touchdown, and then, uh, yeah, all of a sudden you're not covering. So, to me, the games like this, games that don't matter are games that I just would not want to bet. they got to mean something to, to, to both teams for me to want to bet on them. But there you go. All right. Will, let, let, yep. Before we do that, let me just uh, sneak this in. I will make one wager on the Eagle game today. It will be an anytime Boston Scott touchdown. Oh, there it is. Yeah, okay. Because he is notorious for scoring touchdowns against the New York Giants. Ah, yes. And I think they will at some point try and get Miles out of the game if they have a lead. He's been playing with a knee issue the last couple of weeks and is wearing a brace and um, he's been limited in practices uh, for the last couple of weeks. I think they'd like to get both Gainwell and Scott a little more involved today, and they will get uh, Boston involved down by the goal line. So you're getting three to one on an anytime Boston Scott touchdown. That's the only play I'm going to make on the Eagle game today. Well, and it would help me, Jody, if he particularly gets it on a kickoff return because I've got my, <laughs> my stupid All the bet. way to the house. Yes. A done deal, Mac man. Yes. I, I, it doesn't matter how he scores, so I'll take it on a touchdown return. I am down return. one point in my stupid bet Ooh. with Mike Sealski. This is the last chance I've got. I need a kickoff return of 40-plus yards or a – or not, not 40-plus yards. It takes it out to the 40 or a punt return uh, for 20-plus yards. So either of those would, would serve me well. All right, let's go back to the studio, find out from our producer, Nick Earnshaw, what did we forget to talk about today? All right, guys, got a couple of stories for you here, starting with DeMar Hamlin, a nice gesture from the Buffalo Bills, the NFL, and the NFLPA. So Ian Rappaport put out a tweet saying, Bills, DeMar Hamlin, uh, four-year contract, it's $3.64 million. that's how much he makes, contains a standard split to pay him at a lower rate if he lands on injured reserve. He was put on injured reserve this week. Sources told Ian Rapport saying Buffalo's worked out an agreement with the NFL and NFLPA to pay him in full. So nice gesture right there. Smart. It is a nice gesture. I just I will say, not to, to sour the thing, but the, the NFL – in other leagues, if players get injured, they get paid their full salaries, right, Jody? Correct. In the NFL, they don't. It's it's a difference. So I'm glad they're doing it. To me, it should be standard to begin with. All right, what else? All right, so next, I don't know if you guys watched the game last night uh, on ESPN, but ESPN also, for DeMar Hamlin, turned their microphones upside down and made it look like a three in honor of DeMar Hamlin. Well done. And, oh, by the way, give ESPN credit. Despite the whole, and we could have spent 20 minutes on this today about how Joe Buck did or didn't get the information on whether they were or weren't going to restart the game. That aside, other than that, I thought ESPN did a phenomenal job at handling a very difficult broadcast on Monday night. They did, particularly uh, thumbs up to Booger uh, McFarlane and Susie Culber. And it was a very, I mean, you're doing this thing live and you have to keep talking. And you really don't know what's going on, and you don't have more information, and they did. They, their broadcasters did a very good job of it. All right, one more. 
All right, so last one. I'm going to the Euro League. I don't know if you guys saw this, but it sparked a conversation. So I don't know if you guys remember Nikola Mirotic. He hit a crazy buzzer beater in a Euro League game. And then apparently he stepped out of bounds before he hit the buzzer beater, and it was not called. And the referee who missed the call was suspended for four games. So on social media, it kind of sparked a discussion. Should referees be suspended and disciplined if they miss an egregious call? I say no. Um, it, it's not going to make their job any easier. They're not going to be any better at their job if you suspend them or find them with whole pay. They're trying to do their best. If they're incompetent, they shouldn't have the job. Uh, if they make an occasional mistake, it happens. Jody, you may see it otherwise. They, no, I'm pretty much with you, Mac. And, oh, by the way, they are disciplined. Are they suspended? No. Are they given lesser assignments going forward? Yes. All, all sports have reviews of officials all the time, and there is a price to pay, but just not as heavy a price as the one in the one that you're uh, talking about, Nick, and I'm with Glenn. Uh, I think that was an overreaction by the league. All right, nice job, Nick Earnshaw, Jody Mack. Always a pleasure, and uh, let us assume I'm going to see you next week as the Eagles have a first-round bye. That's exactly the way I'm playing, and I've already got on my calendar right here in front of me next Sunday morning with Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP. All right, man, be well. Everybody, don't go anywhere. Countdown to kick off coming up next right here on 94 WIP. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.